Welcome to the Hype It Up show, the podcast where we explore the world of creative entrepreneurship, YouTubers, and all things hype-worthy. I'm your host and friend, John from What A Funk, and I'm excited to share with you guys the stories and insights from some of the most talented and innovative minds of the industry, whether you're an aspiring creator, a seasoned entrepreneur, or simply just looking up to date, stay with the latest trends of what's hype, this is the podcast for you. So get ready to be inspired, entertained, and hyped up as we deep dive into the world of creative entrepreneurship. I'm here with my friend, Chop Suey Cheen, a visual artist, a creative visionary, and just an all-around creator. So first off, thanks for coming through, Cheen, and being here. Why don't you tell the people who are you, what do you do, and how, who you are? Uh, thank you, John. I mean, it's been a little, a long time coming. We've been uh, meaning to do this one on one interview for a while and just talk about everything under the sun. Um, once again, I am Chop Suey Cheen. Don't forget the dollar sign. And I am, I like to call myself a Swiss Army knife of the arts. You know, there's not too many things uh, within the realm of uh, video production, uh, digital design. Um, Every kind of everything under the sun. I direct. I edit. I I animate. I I illustrate. I um, produce. I I do so many things that it's hard to really just like put it into one one umbrella. But yes, creative visionary would be my description. So how did this all start? How did how did this all start? All becoming a Swiss Army knife. Where did it all start from? Well, first of all, I just want to cheers because you already know Prosecco on deck. Prosecco on deck. And, um, man, this all started um, from me being an artist, music artist. So, uh, you know, I've been writing for a really long time. Um, In college, I met a friend who had a studio in Hartford that used to let me come by and record on the late night when there was no sessions. And then after I graduated, I um, came home and I really was focusing on making music. And then um, I started looking for people to hire, to pay for different things, to cover designs, art, you know, all the things, music videos, everything. And um, I just started to realize that, one, those things get really, really expensive really fast. Hmm. And two... I'm a, I'm a creative and I, I like to have creative control. So instead of looking outward and hiring people to do all the things I needed, I just decided to just start to learn. Um, uh, somebody uh, at the time was telling me to get my own setup, my own studio setup. Um, and I was just, uh, I, yeah, bought a Pro Tools bundle off uh guitar center or sweet you know one of those you know one of those things inbox uh pro tools microphone and just kind of just got cooking and um so it started there all, everything all started from music so how did you get into making music obviously you know you're a fan when you're younger how did how did you start wanting to make music to begin with um so when i was in maybe like eighth or ninth grade, I had a family friend living with us at the time. He was a few years older and 
he used to rap and he used to we shared a room at the time and and he would i would come home from school or at different times i'd see him writing in his notebook and um and it kind of just inspired me i was like if he can do it i mean i might as well try and you know at at that point they were terrible you know all the the bar, <laughs> the the bars were pretty weak the <laughs> But um, it was around that time, 14, 15, that I started writing. And I, I, I found it very useful as like a very therapeutic. And, um, you know, I didn't really take making music serious until I got to college. And my college roommate, who you know, um, who brought me to Brooklyn, we'll get to that later. He, he was rapping at the time. He was straight from Brooklyn, freshman year, where we met. Um, he's actively making music and he's rapping and he's, you know, him and his boys back home and he's playing me demos. And then that's when I, I don't necessarily say I started to, to think it was going to be a possibility because at that time I, I really wanted to be around music and I wanted to be in the industry, but I wanted to be a manager. I didn't even really want to be an artist at first. Um, so that was, that was right. It was it was college that really just kind of got me because at, at that point I was meeting everyone at college and, you know, we're all there to learn and 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 we have our majors and we're, we're all in these different things. But it started to everyone that was just a creative, you know, at the end of the day, whether they were there for business or whatever school that they were in. And um, yeah, I mean, it just it, just being surrounded by so many people that would just we're going for it. I was just inspired to like, at least give it a shot, you know? Um, so yeah, those late night sessions were, were, uh, were like very formative and very, it was like, it was like practice, you know? So you were writing at 14, 15, but do you, did you start recording then or you, you wait, you were, uh, you were started in college? I didn't even consider making or trying to make music until I met the studio in, in Hartford. And honestly, I usually, I used to just go there to hang out and, you know, do activities that I don't know if we're allowed to talk about on the YouTube stream, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, we had sessions in the sessions and I was kind of just spending so much time there. And uh, one night we were all there just having some drinks, hanging out, nothing was really going on. He didn't have a session and every so often we'd be hanging out. I might just like freestyle a little bit. And he was just like one night he was like, yo, go in there. And he just, he loaded up a beat that he had. Um, we were just kind of messing around and I don't know. I just kind of was like, let's go for it. You know? So starting from there, how, how did that, you know, messing around going for it, turn into that, into actually making music? what was the what was it like from there to actually thinking okay i'm gonna actually take this a little more serious make make actual music or was it was it quick or was it just something that happened naturally what was it like from there to actually wanting to you know make your own music for so, real? so from there i really just started making songs and i would come home and uh at the time rakim who you know him and his cousins everyone was rapping in our whole like click and it, it almost just felt like one day I came I came home to visit for either Christmas or something like that and I was 
I had a the CD because at the time we can't we can't just send audio files to each other like now we're like yo check this song out so I had a, a burn CD of some of the stuff I was working on I came home they were working on stuff we were work I was working on stuff and we kind of all just like formed this click called GMC and um and we were just kind of it, it was just kind of on from there we just just started just putting music out, trying to get them on mixtapes and things like that. But that was the time, like, I didn't, I didn't really see it until I was around everyone around me. And we were really just like in the studio, we're all buying our own equipment. We're all having little setups at our, at our cribs. And any, anytime we were at anyone's house, it would be like that we're locking in, you know? Yeah. Um. Hold on one sec. I think we're lagging a little bit. Let me try and fix this. All right, I think we're good. Uh, so so all right, so you tried recording, and then you said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, you know, start making music for real. But were you taking it as like a serious thing at that time, or was it more like having fun with your friends? What was it like at that time? Nah, at that time I thought I was a full-on rapper. I was, I was like, I'm, bl- I'm about to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I put together a mixtape called Hard Work and Dedication. Shout out to Big Brother Biz, microphonebully.com. He's, he's a big inspiration for a lot of, you know, that beginning form, those formative years where, um, he had the platform. He helped me out with a lot of stuff. Um, learning uh, just allowed me to come to his studio and just be around and kind of just pick it up. And I was just sold. I, I, as soon as I, as soon as, as, as the people around me and we were all feeding off each other and all feeding off that energy, I knew this was a hundred percent the world that I was going to be in, whether it was me as the artist, the manager, or producer, some, in some sense of the, of the word, I was going to be in the industry regardless i just knew right then and there it was just like it was like a magnetic energy you know how important was being around that environment do you think it was really really important because um it it kind of allowed me to just uh to to feed off of the people around me and us it was a it was just a very collaborative environment and we're always just it you know it, it um I wouldn't say we we like influenced each other, but we inspired each other. So if somebody said something, a dope metaphor or a dope bar, and you're like, "Damn, I gotta, I gotta come, I gotta come harder," you know. Um, and but yeah, a hundred percent being being in the energy, being in the around the energy, and surrounding myself with those with the people um, closest to me, and that was uh, very very important. So how? How has what you've done grown from when you've started? Think back of the beginning days. How has it grown since then? Man, um, exponentially, uh, I would just say um, there was a time where it was very under, like, independent, just just trying to get 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 the notoriety uh performing at uh almost every open mic i could think of going to the city twice a week uh going to the lower east side hitting all the you know the pop-ups and all that stuff um 
and just the growth from there to now is it's like night and day you know um i don't know if i should expound on on moments along that that timeline is that what you're asking so what did it take to get from there to to the level you're at now what did, like what was the, some of the things that took to get to to level up well first is it's hard work and dedication that's that's literally why i named my first mixtape that um it it meant i i'm a very uh everything i do has meaning to it you know so i don't i don't like to just like say cool stuff because it just sounds good it has to have some sort of like soul behind it so so hard work and dedication was the foundation of everything that I got to this point. And um, I think I got lost in the question just now. Um, some of the things that, that it took to get to level. Oh, some like, of the things uh, doing, doing stuff for free. Hmm. Big, 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 big. Because, you know, when you're starting out in an industry or you're trying to get yourself off the ground and get get eyes on the things that you're doing, um, it's really hard for people to it's like going into a job with no resume, mm. you know? Um, so I think just putting in the work, willing to do stuff for free, knowing that it it's an investment, you know, you gotta invest in yourself um first and foremost and and that I think that alone and and networking obviously huge because almost every one of the opportunities I've gotten that are um, major looks have have been all from my network and no and not me having to go chase them down or someone asking me to send them my portfolio or things of that nature. It was it was staying in touch with the and and uh, facilitating relationships and really making those relationships strong and and looking out for other people along the way as well so if i got a look and i could i could get somebody in it's like you know reach back when you make a step forward reach back like kind of thing um but it was my it was my network and my dedication 100% so starting out you know say you don't have many network or you have a small network and you don't really have those relationships. How do you how do you build those relationships from the start from have from zero for someone you, who, who started at that out? at that particular time? It was a lot of like the internet. It was MySpace. It was Facebook. It was the social medias to where you could see people that are either throw an event, reach out to them, see if you can get involved. Um, going down to these places that you knew are active in the scene and just inserting yourself in in the crowd you know you gotta you gotta be in the building um you know nothing's gonna come find you so if you're not out there searching for it no matter where it is and you know no one's starting off point is 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 right or or right or wrong or it's it's whatever works for you and i think just immersing yourself in the culture that you are are looking to be a part of in any shape any way shape or form you gotta you gotta put yourself out there you know and if you're waiting for something to come to you, it's uh, you're going to wait for a long time. So for the people who don't know exactly what you do now, so they know a little bit about the music. So what 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 else has been added to your arsenal of what you do since starting out with the music? 
Um, so top of the top of the list would be um, so as soon as I started making my own videos, people as I'm shopping this music around in these videos, trying to get on blogs and all these things, um, the the main question was who did that? Who made that video for you? And I was like, I did. And so it started to just be, oh, well, can you, how much would it cost to get one of those for me? You know, people were, and at the time it was a little disheartening because I'm trying to make my, I'm trying to get the music out there. And like, at first I was like, I might've turned down some, some opportunities just based off of the fact that like they, they weren't respecting my artistry, but they wanted what I had to offer. Like they wanted the sauce, you know, they wanted the recipe. They wanted, they wanted that, you know, and and then I I did my first music video for a client and it was that's where it started to uh, be a director and editor. Um, then I I started trying to add titles to my videos and I was I, I couldn't the titling in the editing software was was garbage and I wanted my titles to be better. So I started to learn After Effects. After Effects got me to motion design. Motion design got me to animation. Animation. Now this, now it's like this whole uh, one-stop shop kind of kind of thing. So from just being an artist to then being a director, an editor, a producer, a a mixing engineer because I was mixing my own music at the time. Um, a col uh, doing color grading. Uh, doing special effects in the videos, um, you know, things of that nature. And now, 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 now I'm sitting here and that's why I call myself a Swiss army knife, because if you, anyone knows anything about a Swiss army knife, it has all the tools in one, one thing. You got a screwdriver, you got scissors, you got a, a sharp knife, you got a little knife, you got a saw. And at that time it was just, as soon as I, as soon as I realized I could generate money off of this side of the things and still allow myself to pursue this other side, which is a, a keyword that I like to use a lot. It's called parallel. You know, when you find things that are parallel, that means at any given time you can shift between them almost without losing a step. So once I, once I embrace the idea of this could be an actual career for me, that then the game was just game changer, you know? How did how did you learn all these programs? Um, by locking myself in the basement and not hanging out and not going outside and uh, uh, bot pay at that time it, like YouTube tutorials were very scarce, so you had to pay for. There was a thing called Mandy.com at the time, or a Creative Cow, I think it was, and um. So I'm paying for these tutorials to learn these extra things. At first, I really just kind of jumped into it. I, I give a, almost all of my foundation credit to my to my mentor, Big Brother Biz, at 100% because he he was the one that showed me that you could do it on your own, right? So me spending time in the, I would ask questions. I would go to his studio. I wouldn't ask to be on every song. I wouldn't even ask for nothing. All I would do was just was be in the room and you know, and learn, um, soak up as much as I could and then go home and try to apply it, you know? So right now you do work for complex complex is a media, uh, company. What's your role over there? Uh, currently senior motion graphic designer. So 
how did you start working with Complex? Um, that is literally circles right back to one of my topics or, or one of my talking points, where is my network, you know? Um, before I got to Complex, uh, there was a very large gap of learning, uh, get, trying to get, get out there and just do everything yourself, uh, you know, grassroots. Um, but to to kind of just skip forward a bunch, um, and we, we're going to like kind of jump back and forth. But so how I got to Complex was through moving to Brooklyn, which was my college roommate. He opened a studio in Brooklyn. I went there. I, and again, this goes back. I was not getting paid to be there. This was an opportunity to be in a situation that had potential to really grow into something. So at that time, we had a studio. We had a crew. It was me, P. We were the creatives as far as the visuals, design, things like that. We had an artist. Uh, Jay had his artists at the time that were that were under his business, and we were all working out of the studio. From there, we went on tour. And on tour, the the other crew that was with us in the other van had had their video guy. His name is Elon. Me and Elon, we're we're spending a lot of time because you know we're in the same vein. We're at the shows, we're filming, we're doing this, we're doing all this behind the stuff. So we formed a bond, almost like like we we shared a common interest there, you know. Um, so we formed that bond skip ahead years later that situation kind of dissolves itself i go back out on my own um i start to work with this artist named tahir from brooklyn and at the time i'm doing all of his mixing recording uh creative direction in partnership with him me and him directing his videos editing doing everything in-house and we had a song called baby banks at the time and the video was fire. Everyone was was like hype about it that we knew in our circle and, and people were just like overall excited about it. I knew it was like a sure thing. Like Tahir as an artist, when I first heard him sing, I was like, yo, this kid, uh, I, I, I stopped making music. Hmm. I stopped making music for those like two years or so. I mean, I was still messing around. But I, I just like put my all into him and I was like, man, I don't I don't need to do this. I can focus on all the other things. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that's what made the product so strong is because I was just focused on on that, the product itself and not me, not my ego, not my artistry. So we have this song. We have this video. My I, I find out, I think, through a friend or maybe just on Instagram, whatever. My boy Elon is working up at Complex. I'm like, yo. I'm gonna get. I was like, I'm gonna get Tahir featured on Complex. So the goal was to get the video to Complex. Mm. That was literally how I even ended up in the building. Um, Elon was like, "Yo, man, it doesn't really work like that." As far as I'm in the video side, and there's a lot of politics involved in what goes on the website and things of that nature. He was like, "But I can plug you with the Pigeon and Planes guys." Cause they were like the indie blog, which they still are. They're like the emerging talent side of it. Right. And I was like, bet like all good. Like, and he was, and he also just from there was asking me what I was working. He, I mean, obviously he saw the video. He's like, yo, great work. Like um, if, if you're, if you're interested in, in editing, I'd love to kind of bring you in and help me uh, help me on this project that we got coming up called complex con. And I was, this was before the first complex con. So 
I came in. He was like, can you actually come into the office tomorrow? I'll set up a time. I'll talk to Jacob or whatever and tell them um, that that you're going to come in. And uh, so I could set up that that meeting for you guys. I go in there. Jacob listens to the song, the video, sees the video. He's sold like on the spot. I didn't have to twist the arm, nothing. Feature on the blog, pitches in the plane, stop here, baby banks. We're going, we're, we're up, right? Everyone's hype. Things are going on. And I start to help Elon on this project that he's working on. And he just was every day. He was like, yo, can you come back tomorrow? Can you come back tomorrow? Can you come back tomorrow? So I was in there on like a freelance basis. And after like a couple of weeks of me just being in the building every single day, he was like, all right, I'm going to offer you like, he's like, you might as well just like take a deal or something. And I was like, all right. And at the time, the the salary offer was less than stellar. So I was like, I'll just like, if it's cool, I'll just stay freelance. Like, you know, and he's like, all right, all right, you know. Um, so I just milked that freelance for a while. And, and yeah, um. I mean, there's there's more things that happen along the way, but that's how I the complex situation initially started is trying to shop the music, the product, the artist that I was working on that I'm invested in um, and having a reason to be in the building almost as well. You know, mm. um, all that preparation that I put in all those years of of hard work and dedication. You know, um, it pays off. Um, if you stick to it, you got to be consistent and you got to really, really believe in yourself, you know, like have faith and really just like know that it's going to be some very, very long nights, very, very early mornings and days that you eat very little, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So first shout out to everybody listening live right now on YouTube. If you're listening live, you guys could actually ask chop suey chain a question there's a form in the chat right now you could ask a question we're going to be answering he's going to be answering all your questions at the end um so shout out to everybody watching live right now appreciate everybody what tuned in and ask a question if you have one or something sparks your mind while you're uh listening so yeah so pretty much it really comes down to like you said how oh, i just I just realized I'm I'm logged in on my Chop Suey Chain Gmail, so I'm not a channel member with my um my Chop Suey Films is my <laughs> is my channel. I was like, wait, why don't I'm a channel member? So, like you like you were saying, hard work and dedication, really, and being persistent and really going for things and pretty much putting yourself out there without knowing, you know, what could happen. You know, you don't know what could happen when you're putting yourself out there. What really made you, you know, put yourself out there and not be afraid to hear a no, not be afraid to to get uh, some negative feedback or just not be afraid? What what made you put yourself out there in the first place like that? I mean, I feel like I kind of just always was like that Um, as a kid. I was never too, too afraid of just like being myself and. and just like trusting my gut, you know, staying true to tr- true to who I am, know that I got people in my in my life that love and care about me. Like it was just, uh, you know, I don't know. I never I never felt the pressure of um, on that side of things. It, like I wanted I wanted a comfortable life. I wanted to buy my mom a big house. I wanted to be rich to where I can wake up one day and do what, do anything I want to do. 
I, I had jobs since I was 13. I worked in almost every industry, service industry, everything. And I just knew no matter what job I was at, I knew every time that that was just not where I was supposed to be. I knew that I, my purpose, I had a bigger purpose. You know, I'm not, I'm not cut out for the, the, to fit into the square. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm an octagon or whatever, whatever shape doesn't fit in the square. I'm that. <laughs> oh <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> I think an octagon fits in it. Cause it's like, you know, anyway, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I got you. So, so you do, so like you were saying, you do stuff, your own creative work, and then you do client creative work. What is mm. the difference when doing client work versus doing your own creative projects? Uh, control. Um, is it, is it hard to switch from client work to your creative? Depending on the client, for sure. Um, there's a lot, a lot of the time that it's, it's really dope because, um, the clients that I do have usually come to me because they see something I've made and they want they want me to make something in that vein for their brand, their whatever, right? So I actually turn down projects that I don't feel either I can invest, I could be invested in or I could be passionate about. If I'm going to do a music video for someone and the song is just not something I want to listen to 600 times because I'm about to edit it and have to listen to it 600 times. I, I did that for like, there was plenty of times where I did that. Um, but shifting between the two now, it's much easier than it was because of that exact reason. They're coming to me for my perspective, for my, you know, my style. So the only the only kind of like thing in that space is they get the final say right so let's say i make four versions of something i love version one and they want version three but then they want to change this and this and this and then sometimes they can make suggestions or have notes based off something that they already like but they want to tweak it to some degree for whatever reason and then sometimes it can it can I like when a client is vocal and they have a direction or some sort of vision for their for their idea because it just helps me execute it that much faster and everyone's happier, right? Hmm. Um, but shifting between the two is is kind of difficult at times because I'm the only one that I have to please when I'm working on my stuff, you know, and I'm a harsh critic for myself. So if I'm that if I'm that hard on my own then you you can almost rest assured that I'm going to be equally or if not more <laughs> critical on something that I'm doing for someone else. And then sometimes you just like um maybe you just you just uh, suck it up and you just like you know what I'm just I'm doing it for the check right now, you know, whatever the case is. You know, I've had plenty of projects that I hated doing um but I did it because I either needed the bread or that that check was just looking nice you know <laughs> yeah so, so what are so some pros and cons for working just a creative job in general um the like the the variables of not knowing if something is gonna like consistency you know um 
if you don't have a steady flow or if you don't have a mul multiple flows, then if 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 the momentum stops, like what are you gonna do? You know. Um, so as a creative, you have to constantly be thinking about what your next move is gonna be or what it looks like, and you have to really embrace the fact that um, there's gonna be times where you just um, have to do it for the for the money, you know, um, even though we got into this for passion. So that's definitely a pro and uh, a, a bunch of cons is like, or that's pros and cons, but the cons is um, consistency or, or sustainability. You know, when you have a job, you know that you're getting paid X, Y, Z for every week and you have this check coming, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, when you get to a certain level, um, you have to diversify and you have to have something like me, complex, you know, I have that, that's my steady. Then I have my, my freelance stuff that I'm my client work. And then I have my artistry that ultimately I really, really want to pay off and work because now I have sole ownership of everything I've ever done, you know? And now when I, when it comes time for that to be valuable to someone out there or, uh, or I can position myself in a, in a, in a way to get the eyes on on what i'm doing um that's just the con like the, the con of it is like there's n it's no guarantees you know there's just no guarantees every day is a hustle you have to be just as dedicated the day the, the, the day after than you were the day before you know um and and you know what it's like john as a creative not every i don't not every day do i want to just make something some days i don't want to do like nothing like actually nothing though <laughs> turn a uh, turn off all communication shut the world out go outside and like sit in the sun you know like nothing yeah so. which sometimes is hard when you're doing a creative uh job as your job yeah i mean because you're relying solely on yourself to be your motivator and and solely on yourself to to be that person that keeps you on your toes and keeps you going because you know um at the end of the day if unless you have you know you have a boss or you're in a situation like that then that boss is going to rain down on you but if you don't have someone above you raining down on you who's going to do it you know um and then you got to be disciplined you know definitely have discipline and and just know that if you if you if you put your best foot forward and you really really stay on the on the track and 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 really push through those like uncomfortable situations, it it'll pay off. You know, a lot of people will 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 kind of like fall to that pressure or 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 decide that it's too hard and I just want to do something easier. You know. So how does someone stay uh, persistent? How does someone stay consistent, stay disciplined, especially through, you know, when times aren't, you know, as good as they should be or you want them to be? How, do, how does someone push through for that? Or how do you push through for that? Um, I tend to, like, look inward to just know what I want out of life. You know, it, it always comes down to like, what type of life do I want to live? You know, where, what is the lifestyle that I want for my own self? 
And I let that be like, a, it's like, a, a, you know, you hang the carrot in front of the horse and they're just like, so you got to keep reminding yourself that, that you're working for one to do something bigger than anyone you've ever known to do. And two, to just really just like, you got to bet it on the, on the house, man. You got to like, you got to put all your chips in. You can't, you can't, you can't make small little bets. Like you don't go to the casino and you're like, Oh, I'm going to bet $20. Like, yo, it's go big or go home or stay home. You know, um, this, this is an industry of, it's cutthroat, it is competitive, and it's 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 unforgiving, you know. It it uh it won't allow it won't it won't let you just take a slip like slip up or take like and just like it didn't happen. Like it's gonna remind you of that every day, you know. Yeah. So a lot of things, you know, have, you know, have changed with content creation and having to create different you know, from back when you started, it was CDs. Now it's content creation on Instagram. How do you adapt to all the new technologies that are, you know, because you're not, you're not only doing a creative job, but you're also doing a technology-based, you're in the technology-based thing. So how do you adapt to each new thing that comes out? Um, one one thing, you, you have to just remember that this is an ever-evolving world um, in all aspects. So if you're not at the very least staying ahead of the curve or 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 keeping your ear to the, to the street to where you're knowing the new trends or at least aware of them sometimes you don't have to just jump right in to the pool and like swim with everyone but if you're not constantly constantly looking for that new that new thing or that improvement and trying to work more efficiently and you know just try to you know it's quality over quantity you know focus on the quality focus on where where your passions are too you know because there's always going to be these new trends these new things that are happening in the in the industry and you know not not you don't have to uh you don't have to follow suit with everything um but you do have to be aware and know that if the market is changing or the dynamic of of something is is in a constant flux you just have to be it's like software updates you know you got to update your software in here you know you gotta you gotta you gotta constantly just be evolving and and just trying to push for that next thing and like i said you gotta stay uh aware not ahead of the trend i mean staying ahead of the trend is a goal not everybody can do that but if at the very least you gotta be in the race you know you can't you can't slow up and you can't fall too far behind because if you fall t- too far behind, that doesn't mean that now your your marathon time is going to be affected. But there's people ahead of you that are are way up in that next run of the, that next leg of the race, you know. Hmm. So going back, do you remember the time where you were decided that, you know, like this was like this is what you're going to do? Like, do you remember the exact moment or the time back when you were like? All right, this is it. I'm going all in. Like you said before, you know, you got to put all your chips in. Do you remember that moment when you were like, all right, now I'm going all in. I'm going. Yeah. It's crazy because it was a week before my accident. (laughs) Uh, My accident that I had back in 2015, I was I was in Brooklyn. 
that situation that we had at the studio kind of dissolved. It, it, you know, everybody kind of went their separate ways. There was some overlap to where, you know, I was doing very minimal freelance stuff. I wasn't really, and I wasn't, I was playing it safe by having a service industry job. You know, I was delivering food at the time. And I remember I took the deliveries that one night I get in the car, I'm going to, I'm either on my way out or on my way back. And I just, in my mind, I had no backup plan. I, I didn't even, I wasn't saying I'm about to go get another job. I was just like this, I've had enough. And this is 2015. And, um, and I remember coming back from that last delivery and I looked at my manager and I was like, yo, um, uh, I'm putting my two weeks in. <laughs> yo, dead ass. I didn't have no backup. I had, I put all the chips in, man. I was just like, I'm, I'm a bet it all. And what made you take like, that stuff? Huh? What made you take that stuff? I think it was, it was knowing that. I, I, one, I wasn't very happy with my circumstances at the time. I knew I wanted more still. And I felt like if I was just, I was just playing it safe. You know, I was, um, I was kind of stuck in this, like, uh, what does they call it? The mouse wheel or whatever. Like, I feel like I was just running and running and running and running and there's nowhere to go, you know? Mm. Um, I'm picking up these little freelance gigs and I'm going home and I'm making music in my apartment and I'm trying to get my stuff on SoundCloud. And at the time, cause at this time there wasn't like the distribution uh, outlets that we have now, like these tune chords, distro kids, United masters stuff. So at the time it was, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, in, I wasn't committed, you know, I wasn't committed to what I saw, what I started and I knew that the only way to do that was to take a risk and and just bet it on myself. And unfortunately, a week or so right after I made that decision, I got into a terrible car accident. And then I knew right after that, I was like, nah, son, like we got we're going we're going hard. And it was ever it was honestly ever since that that really just like I had made this the decision before. Right. So that's the kind of like kind of crazy cosmic kind of thing where it wasn't the it wasn't the, the 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 situation that 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 sparked that. It was just I I knew before, right before that, I like something had to give, you know, and then that just happened. And it was just one of those like, like, all right, wake up <laughs> and let's get to work, you know. So had you, you know, that, that, you know, being, you had an idea what you, you already knew what you were going to do before having the accident situation, but had you make sure that you didn't let that situation derail you from what your idea was of, you know, going for it, you know, cause sometimes a, neg a situation, a negative situation could put some people over the edge where they're in more of a negative situation but had you turned that negative into something where you're like all right so now this is for real now 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 i really really have to do it um hmm i think it was um i i was never the the like the child that my mom ever had to worry about right she just like it was just, I think it was just the way I carried myself and all the things that I was just, I was just like fearless as a kid, you know, I was just, I just never, 
you know, I just pushed everything to the limit. And I remember her saying, she was like, yo, I never, I never thought I had to worry about you. And like knowing that at after that situation that she was like, I, I just, I just knew at the end of the day, I wanted to make her the proudest mom, like ever, you know, I wanted her to just like, to just know that, no, she don't have to worry about me. And no matter what, like, we're going to be good. And that's, what's crazy is during that time, I woke up one day and I was, so I moved back to Brooklyn after a couple months of staying at my mom's, uh, you were there obviously, you know, but for the people, um, and I moved back to Brooklyn with my boy Jay. We get an apartment and I'm riding my bicycle to the, the physical therapy back in Brooklyn, going to the gym, doing my workouts, rehabbing my leg. And one day I just like, I woke up, I was riding my bike. I, I, I had nowhere to go. I just got on my bicycle. I was living in Bed-Stuy at the time. I ended up in Greenpoint and I, there was this tattoo shop that I had delivered food to a bunch of times and I just went in there one day I always wanted like a like a mantra or like a phrase tattooed on me you know like um so I was running around using the word good um and I I that started because I just after that situation I just realized no matter what no matter what, ups downs hardships successes uh relationships deaths you know everything anything in the in the in in the universe no matter what i'm gonna be good mm. like no matter what so and you can't you you can't no, you can't see the future and you don't know what's gonna happen and you kind of just gotta like take it day by day but i just i just told myself no matter what i'm gonna be good so i went in there and i drew i was like yo <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm getting, I, I want to do, do walk-ins, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yo, actually we have um, one person available right now, which happened to be like the most booked out, like the, the tattoo artist in that shop that is almost never available. And she just happened to have like an hour overlap between clients. Mm. And they were like, yeah, we got one person. And they were like, yo, you want to take her? And he was, she was like, yo, so what, 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 what are we looking at? And I was like, just give me a piece of paper. And I took a piece of paper out and I just drew this right here. I drew this good on the piece of paper. I was like, oh, I want I want you to put that right here on my on my forearm. She was like, and at the time I only had the one tattoo on my chest. So it's not like I was tatted up. I had all these tattoos. She was like, yo, you sure you want this big word just right on your forearm? <laughs> and and I said, Yeah. And it was just ever, and that was it. That was what kept me, that was what kept me focused. Um, just knowing that no matter what happens, as long as I keep, keep pushing and, you know, you could bounce back from almost anything, you know? So taking it way back, coming, so now we know how you, you have, so he has, so Cheen has this phrase, good. That's how you come up with that phrase. How'd you come up with the name Chop Suey Cheen? This was a question I wanted to ask in the beginning, but we got into it. Yeah, um, so um, back to my boy, Big Brother Biz, my mentor, um, he, we were working on a video at the time who, he, he was the one that brought me my first couple clients. Like, he was the one that, he was like, yo, I got this artist, like, yo, you want to start doing videos? Like, because he, he was like, I don't want to be the video guy. He's like, and you're really good at it, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so um, 
we're, we're, we're like looking through the footage one day in my studio at the time. And I had just did something so fast. Like I'd like chop something and put it together and put like, it just happened in such a rapid like pace that he looked at me and said, man, you did that chop suey. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He, he was like, that was fast. And so he used chop suey as like a metaphor for fast or quick or, you know, or making something that good that fast, right? More yeah. or less. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my name's Cheen for a long, forever at this point. And I was just like, chop suey Cheen. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, and, and the way that it just rang, it just rang. And, and then it was like chop suey films. Mm. Yeah. So your most recent music project is summer lambrusco what was the inspiration behind that album Mm. all right um so for those that don't know currently i live in los angeles and i'm born and raised in new york um i had an album that i have been working on for for a while which is about to be done um and i knew that last summer 2022 was going to be my last summer in New York because I knew I was moving at the end of the summer. I said, I set myself a date. I said, October 15th is the latest. Right. And, um, and that was maybe the top of the year last year that I had just fully made that decision right at the end of the winter, um, took a trip. Well, I was working on the out on that, on the out, my actual album. And I knew that I wanted to, like release something before I left. And I was hoping that that was going to be done, but I wasn't happy enough with the progress of it. So I knew leading up to me leaving, I was never, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to finish that the way I wanted to. So I, I started, I was just making beats one day and I don't, prior to Summer of Lambrusco, I've never really chopped a sample, right? Most of my beats were, I was always just trying to make something original because I always heard these like horror stories of someone making a sample beat, putting it out, it blows up, they get sued, they get nothing, you know? Um, So I always kind of had that in the back of my head where I was like worried about that. So I never wanted to, even when I would chop a sample, I would find a way to kind of either replay it or or make a my own version of it and not just lean on the sample. Sometimes I'd have a sample in the beat and just turn it off and just, just keep whatever was there, right? And um, I, ch- I was chopping up a sample one day. Then I chopped up another one. I chopped up a couple more. And I was riding around in Brooklyn, and I was just, like, bumping all the beats that I had. And it just, like, kind of hit me. And I was like, man, it would be really dope if I did, like, a, a just a purely sample-based kind of EP to just kind of, like, throw out there, you know? And just use it as a, you know, promo, just something that was, that could, that was still like have that stamp on it, but something that I wasn't going to critique too hard, you know? Mm. And, and then after I made like a few of those beats, I, um, I don't remember if it was before or after my, um, my trip to LA in April of last year when I was preparing to move out here and I came out here with, with some friends and shit pardon me and um first time I cursed all day look at that <laughs> <laughs> different um 
And I came out here, I think before I, I came out in April of last year, I knew I wanted to do the sample, um, the sample based project for the summer. And I wanted it to encompass my summer for that year. I wanted to talk about the things that I do on a summer day. And basically it's a four track EP and it's one day. Like the the story of the EP is a morning, afternoon, night, uh, dinner. So it's it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then kick back on the roof late night. You know, that's basically what the summer of Lambrusco is. And and I got the name because at the time my my stepdad had just turned 60, I believe, and we had a party for him, and somebody had gave him a bottle of Lambrusco as a gift. And when I think it was that February, my mom's birthday, we're all at the house. And I asked him, I said, yo, let's pop that um, that bottle of Lambrusco that you got for your birthday. And he was like, oh, yeah. And so he pulled it out. And it was just so we were all just like, it was it was so good that I was I've had Lambrusco before. But that I remember that day I was I was just kind of like, oh, I was like, this is about to be like my thing. You know, like I, I like Lambrusco. Mm. And. And I think it was immediately either between that party and then I went on a date um, with this girl I met on um, one of those apps. I don't know. And I go on the date. She, she, there's two, there's a restaurant and there's two locations. One is like in Bushwick, one's in, in Williamsburg. I text her the actual address to the right one. She just looked it up and went to the wrong one. So I'm sitting at the, at the table waiting for her. She calls me and she's like, yeah, I'm here, blah, blah, And I was like, nah, you're not here. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. And um, so I had I didn't order anything yet at the at that at that time. So um, so she was like, oh man. I was like, yo, you're at the Bushwick location, aren't you? And she was like, Yeah. So I send her an Uber or whatever. I was like, yo, wait. I was like, yo, bring me a glass of Lambrusco. <laughs> and and um, I remember sitting there on the date and I was telling her, I told her about the project. I had the whole concept in my head. I was like, yo, it's going to be like like breakfast, lunch, like a whole day. It's going to be one day. The whole story of the, the whole album or project is going to just be one 24 hours. And um, and that was that was just where the like I, I landed on the idea. And I feel like that was either late February, early March of last year. So that's that's one of my personal favorite projects of yours. Thank you. Um so what uh, it feels like produced as well, self-produced, self-produced, mixed, everything, written, performed me. I mean, I got my engineer, Sal. Shout out to Sal, shout out to my collaborators that helped me on the project first and foremost. Sal, huge part, couldn't have done without you. Um preach, you helped me out, got helped me with some sounds, got the got the sound together. My man Raul, who might be on the stream if or not, he he's my photographer. He followed me around that whole day. We went on, we went to get coffee. We went to brunch. Him and his cousin Steve, like that's my man. Like those, they 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 they, they went with me on the day, right? And we we just captured the day with photos. We did all the things. We went and got coffee. We went to brunch. We went to we had dinner, and then we were just up on the rooftop late night. You know, so that that project kind of feels like a story mm. so why and shout out to my man paso he did the artwork usually i do my own my own stuff 
but he had reached out uh, not too long before that to ask me to do some animation for him. And you know what? I I tucked that one. I kept that one in my pocket and I did something for free for him. I sent it to him. He's like, yo, so how much are you? I was like, no worries. I was like, I'm gonna call in. I'm gonna call that favor back in. Don't like I kept <laughs> that one in my pocket. And that's what I mean about uh, doing stuff for free and networking and trading services. And and that network is going to always if that's what's going to be there in those times that we we're talking about. How do you stay motivated or how do you get to that next step? It's 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 the the company you keep, you know. Mm. So shout out to him again, because, you know, I have my man take the photo. I picked the photo and. I sent it to him and I was like, yo, do you do whatever you think makes sense for this? And we went through like maybe like three or four rounds of revisions and we landed on that cover. So. So like I was saying, it feels like a story. Why, like, why do you think it's important to tell your, the story through the visuals, through the music? Why do you think the story is so important? Um, well, the thing about it is you have two types of fans, right? You have a someone that is a fan of like a hit record because it's a it's for the moment and it's uh it's something that that they can connect to or they relate to. And then you have your fans that are going to be your your found your your whole you know, your fan base is going to keep you afloat um, when when you really need it most, and if you don't connect to them on a human level or a, um, and you don't you don't show the vulnerable side as much as the other side of you know the you know everyone loves the braggadocious and the and the fun and the exciting stuff, but what about like a little bit of the pain? What about the relate? Like, are you relatable? You know, can can someone hear your music and be like, wow? I'm not even just a fan of this person, but I like this person as a, I, I want to hang out with this person, you know, kind of thing. I want to go to brunch with him. I want to, you know, it's like mm -hmm. think, so it's, it's more like tell your story because you're, that's what's unique about you is your experience, your human experience. You know, if you don't share that, then you're never going to have someone that's going to connect and be like, yo, your music saved my life or, you, you know something of that nature and i've always i've always looked at music as as like a a place of solace and salvation and 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 a, the the safe place in my life where i go you know when i was 13 it was the first time i ever had a a like my first depression or my first experience with feeling depressed it was a summer between i think it was between high uh, middle school and high school and um at the time um i don't i didn't realize what was putting me in that funk but you know later down the years no pun intended funk shout out to what a funk um <laughs> but later down the line i realized that that was a very important part of my life you know but so it was a song by dmx called slipping and shout to dmx rest in peace to the dog mm -hmm. um he had a song called Slippin' and, and the album was called Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. And I really, truly feel like that song itself saved my life, you know, not saved my life to where I was 13 and I was depressed and suicidal saved my life. It was more like it it gave me that that light, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it was like a, a, a life force. You know, it brought me back to life. It gave me the perspective of like this was like this aggressive rapper that everyone feared and loved and then he was like giving you this vulnerable like i'm slipping i'm falling i can't get up and, you know i'm slipping falling so it was like 
it was I always looked at music like that. Like music, that's what music was for me as a listener. So all I ever wanted to do was emulate that and and let that be my story. I want to tell my story in a sense of I want you to get to know me and and really like know what it is to 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 live to walk a day in my shoes or you know even this conversation now it's like I could sit here and just like give you the the surface level answers but that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to connect with people and however I have to do that I that's that's what I'll do. Yeah. Um everybody watching live right now, we have a forum that's a link to a form that's in the comments. If you click that link, you can ask a question to Chop Suey Chin, and we'll be asking him all the questions at the end that you have for him, and he'll be answering all of them. So if you're watching live right now, the the form is in the chat. Just click it, ask a question, and then we'll be talking. We'll be asking them at the end to Chop Suey Chin. Um, shout out to everybody who watches live. Really appreciate that. So what is your creative process when making videos music or art is it all different for each of them or is you, does it all start out the same how what's your creative process can you run us through it real quick um hmm i think there's different whether it's music um video or even just a like a, a static design or um or even just drawing you know um i don't I don't have like a uh, like a system, or um, because at any given day I could just be walking out to go take the garbage, and I'll just be like I'll sing something in my head, or you know words will come to me, and I'll just I'll either I'll write that down in my notes, right, or I'll maybe I'll just get in the music bug and I just start cooking up some beats and I'll like make a beat and I'll just write write I'll write there to it. Um, but when it comes down to, and that's for me, like my own personal stuff, I have a different approach when I'm working on like a client, um, something like that. So what I'd start with in my space, in my world, I let, I let the ideas come to me throughout every, all the walks of my, you know, my day, every, every moment I find inspiration at the coffee shop or whatever the case is, you know, um, when I'm working for a client or putting, putting a, putting like um trying to get the vision across so it usually starts with some sort of mood board or some sort of reference point where it's like okay maybe they come to me with a product or this is a concept or a name just a name and i'm like okay so tell me about that story you know because it's all about the story you know you got to tell me where this name came from why you're doing this who you are what you are kind of thing so then i start to step into their world and try to just like put what I see, how I see it. You know, I put my perspective on something that they're bringing to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it always starts with some sort of mood board or a reference point. I'll, I'll, now that I have that idea or those, those, those like bullet points of, of like what I'm focusing on, it's like, it's a product. It's, it's the name is this, the person is this, the story is this. Now I'm walking around all day, whatever I'm doing. And, and, I don't just like jump into that project and just say, okay, we're booked. All right, here's your, you know, send the deposit. Now we're locked in. And all I see is your, you know what I mean? That's not how it, that's not how it works for me, you know? Hmm. Um, so I will let that kind of marinate for a while. 
Um, I love I love when I, I always tell my clients or anyone I'm working with to, to give me a little like time ahead of when you actually want this to be done because I'm not jumping right into my computer or whatever the case is. I'm not just going to draw this logo. You know, mm. these are ideas that are just going to come to me as they come. Obviously, there's deadlines and stuff like that. That's another that's a time management thing, project management situation. But just the ideas and my creative process is that. I try to find inspiration. I send references of things that I think will work, right? And then they will either agree or lean or be like, oh, I like this one, but not really that one. Or like that one's too grungy. I want it clean. So helping starting off with a reference point really just kind of gets both of you on the same page. Now we can step into like the creative exploration. Now we can, now that we both are kind of aligned on like a vision and we both have a, a reference, like a visual reference where you can say, I saw that and I like that. So let's run with in that direction. But now us as creatives, you know, we're not, I'm not about to copycat this. I'm just going to take this. I'm going to, now that's simmering. Now, you know, now I can flush out all those other things that I was thinking of because I can look at something and see it five different ways. And it's really up to you to, to like, to, to decide on what it is that you want, you know? So that's always my creative process is really just letting the idea like sit and live with it for a second and take it in and think about it and process it. And then once, once, once you've done that little preparation time, it's like, then you just get the go mode and you're just locked in. You know what that's like. It's like once you have it locked in, now you're just we're just we're just going, you know. And then you you want to really present a full vision at that point. So now you have what we both like. Now you put together some sort of like, you know, deck or um proposal and you really break down like okay this is what i'm thinking for this part or this part or this part and you really want to now you want to dissect it and really put together a, a a clear vision so we know that when we get to round one or version one we're in a, a good place you know what i mean you never want to just all right this is what i'm thinking version one now you spent all this time making this custom thing for this this product or this this person they they're they, how do you they don't even like they're like i don't like it <laughs> now what you're gonna just go back and just try and version another one it's like i'm just like throwing stuff at the wall and see if it sticks no that's not that's not an efficient way and like yeah i mean there was a time where i had to learn how to really get that part of it together but currently that's my process when it comes to client-based uh things but for me my creative process for my own personal stuff is I just like to live my life and find the inspiration. Um, I like to go outside and walk. I go to the beach. I will go, you know, like whatever the case is. I just, I just, I like, I like that to find me mm. by me putting myself out in the world to receive it, you know? So it's also really ha comes down to for your own creative process. You have to really put yourself out there to get the inspiration. It's, you know, it's not going to just appear. You got to put yourself out there for it to appear. Yeah. Uh, so what are, what are some of the things like you've learned in the field that, that you can give to people, some tips, some advice, some stuff through all the years that you've been, you know, working on projects, doing client projects, doing your own 
music and just being creative what are some what are some like some of the things you've learned some of the tips you could give to people who are starting out uh you know not really sure what direction to be heading what what is some stuff you could tell people i would say shoot your ego in the face Shoot it right off off your head, you know, because if you're if you're if you get too stuck in what in what just um how do you say um if what looks good or what's shiny and what sparkles the best, you're gonna miss out on all of the depth, you know. You're going to miss out on all the layers of those explore, like exploring things, you know? So, um, yeah, sorry. Can you repeat the question again? I think I got a little some, lost. Sorry. So some tips and stuff that you've learned in the field okay. to like technical and hype skills? up other people. Like technical skills or you just mean like kind of where I was going in like the philosophical way of just like really just Either humbling – Humbling yourself to the point where, like, yes, you can believe in yourself and you can think you're the you are the absolute best thing that God has ever created. That's that's dope. But if you're if you think that you are an invincible or you um are the only right answer or the only correct person in the room, then you've already like lost, you know. Mm-hmm. So be willing to humble yourself when needed to be be self-aware know how know what what triggers you in in behaviors and things of that nature like really take the time to really analyze your own things take criticism to a point where at, at the very least you digest it and you try to figure out why they said that not whether you agree or whether they're right you're right that's not the conversation it's like find out as much information you can about a topic, um, ask questions, you know, if you need help or even just a perspective, you know, um, I send stuff to you. Like, mm-hmm. let's say I, I'm like stuck or I'm just like, I'm like, no, oh, what do you think about this? You know, stuff like that. Send people, ask the people around you for those perspectives and things like that. Um, don't be afraid to try. You got to try it first. Like you got to test it out when you're out eating food. You can't tell me you don't like, sushi if you've never had sushi you know it's like things of that nature like don't be afraid of the journey you know really really embrace the journey embrace the fact that there's always uh something you can learn there's a way there's always somewhere you can improve there's always um a new a new technique that you didn't like you know work more efficiently find ways that you know what i mean um Things it's all it's a lot. I'm saying a lot, but it's all kind of rooted down to the that like just be and be present, you know, be very, very present and know that you know time is fleeting. So at this at, at the same time, yeah, like we were saying, some there's some days I don't want to do anything. That doesn't mean that my like there's there's still things happening because now all the stuff that I was thinking about that for the past weeks or this past month or this album or this project that I know I want to get done now in that moment of when you have those downtimes, you're not, you're using downtime as a decompressor, you know, you're really just kind of like trying to kind of clear out your, your toxins and things of that nature. You know what I mean? So, um, just don't, just don't be afraid of the journey too, you know, like, 
yeah. really just like enjoy it because next thing you know, it's 10 years later and you don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, the journey is really, you know, the journey is crazy, though, So because there's going to be a lot of setbacks during the journey. So what are some you gotta be willing? You gotta people? be able. You gotta be okay with uncomfortable situations. Like you have to be okay with being uncomfortable and not being where you want to be at that exact moment, or or uh, getting there fast enough. You know. Mm. So how can people deal with the setbacks when when trying something new, experimenting, going through that journey? There's gonna be setbacks. There's gonna be things that don't exactly work out your way. How do how should how do you think people could deal with that? What are some tips? Um, I don't know if it would be like a necessarily like list of tips, but I think it really it really still just piggybacks off of what we were just talking about in the last question. It's like trust, trust yourself, you know, trust mm -hmm. your instincts, stay true to yourself. Don't bend too far. You know, like you can yeah. you can make small compromises in a sense of like maybe you wouldn't have made done that five years ago whatever but it's like as long as you as long as you are still being yourself and staying true to yourself and 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 not folding or not or not just changing because of the you know the, the your environment kind of thing it's like you really just got to trust yourself and tr and 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 know that if you if you do stay consistent and you stay on the path like there it something has to give you know, it doesn't like something has to give at some point. There's always going to be some sort of, sort of setback. Right now, my computer could literally crash, and now our whole our whole stream is done for right now. You know, mm. that's a setback. Guess what's happened? I'm gonna go get my laptop. I'm gonna pull out my phone, and we're just gonna continue the stream. You know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, my computer crashed, John. Oh my God, the world, the world is gonna it's gonna fall down on me. You know what I mean? I'll be like, yo, give me one second. Like, you know, um, take it on the chin, man. You know. Mm. It's not easy. Don't 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 let me sound like I don't sit at home at three in the morning and be like, you are not doing enough, mm. you know, because trust me, I'm I told you I'm my harshest critic. I'm the only person at the end of the day that that keeps it 100 percent real with me. And if you if you if you can't be 100 percent honest in yourself, then how dare you expect anyone else to do that for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right. So I have a few more questions for you, and then we're gonna get some questions from the people who are watching live right now. If you want to ask a question, the form is in the chat. Ask it right now. This is your last chance to ask any questions. We'll be asking Chop Suey Chin some questions live on the air from you guys watching at home right now. So I want to ask you, what makes a song good to you? How do you know when it's complete when you're creating your own music that's tough um what makes a song good to me hmm. it's a it's a loaded question because um because it's my own unique you know what i mean it's like to me, okay, so what makes a song good to me? Cheen, Nicholas Polcini. Um, a message, a message. Whether it 
no matter what the message is, it could be go go ball out, spin a hundred racks at the club, like whatever. Or it could be I love my family, or I'm a I am a scientist, you know, like I like atoms and neurons and I'm a geek, you know, like whatever it like. I feel like if there's some sort of message or story or some sort of um, I like a, to me, a good song has substance and a sense of you can it can be surface level, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I like to turn up and I love pop smoke you know, or, or someone of that nature, or, you know, I could be in the club and enjoy a song and I think it's a good song. So I think to me, it's like, if it can connect to, to the, to the audience, if you can connect to the audience and you have a target and you can aim it, then I think that makes a good song. Mm -hmm. Now, if you break it down as far as like a sonic, like, oh, it has to have like, a good a groove a groove a baseline that incur or like the drums have to hit hard or maybe it, like that's a whole nother like kind of like that's another hour hour long conversation in itself you know what i mean mm -hmm. um like music theory and things of that nature sonics frequencies um because you got to remember like these are emotions you know music is emotion no matter what frequency it's on whether whether the substance is I I want to save the world and cure world hunger or it's like I want to go spend a billion dollars and I don't I DAGF however you acronym it because I know I can't curse you know um so that's what makes a good song and as an artist what makes a good like as a listener that's what makes a good song to me if I can just connect with what the person's saying and I just like I can feel what they're like, no matter, like, I'm like, man, I'm like, I am this person, you know? Um, and then for me as an artist, what makes a good song to me is at the, as once I'm done, at least like laying the vocals and I have the, everything, like all the, the, the ingredients, like on the table, if I feel like nothing's like missing, then I know it's done. But until until I get to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't want to once I start trying to tweak knobs and, and I'm like, I'm just trying to turn up the, the snare one DB like then I know I'm like, all right, just shut. Stop it. Like, it's good. You know, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so I've had to I've had to do like I did that on the last EP and I had to like kind of relinqu relinquish the reins a little bit because I get into like this manic state where I can just like I'm I'll freak out. And I was stressing my engineer out right towards the end. Um, but at the, but I, you know, that's just like how it is. I'm passionate, you know. I, I uh, the way I talk, you know, everything about like I just, I think it just pours out of me. You know what I mean? But for be a good song as an artist, I just have to feel like nothing's missing. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, I have a couple more questions. Then we're gonna take some questions from the chat. Uh, I think there was a second part of that of that question. I think I missed that though. No, it was how, when is it, when you know it's finished and you can okay, answer it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, what's your favorite part of being a creative? Oh, man. Um, it's therapy, you know? Mm. It's just therapeutic in all the senses. When I see something, when I do, when I outdo myself, when I, when I, when I thought something I did six months ago was fly and then I do something now, I'm like, man, I'm like, that is good. That guy, that boy's good. You know, it's one of those, like, when I just feel 
the satisfaction from it. You know, it's just it's pure therapy for me. Everything aside from like working in like a corporate environment and you got to fucking you got to do some stuff that someone's just telling you to do. They're like, I don't care if you don't want to do it. You got to do it. I don't like that part of it, but sometimes you got to eat it. Um, yeah. But as far as like being a creative, it's literally just the freedom, you know. It's like a sense of freedom. It's like being on the open road on a motorcycle and just like just screaming down the highway, you know, like that's what that that's what it's like to be a creative. What's the worst part about being a creative? That people that are very close to you don't understand you. Mm. I think that's the toughest thing I've I've run into um, in a long time and. The, but the dope side of that is you start to surround yourself with people that understand you. So, you know, um, you have family, you have childhood friends, you have new friends, you have everything under the sun, you know. And the, the, the one disheartening thing is I'm so excited about the stuff I do that it's tough to, like, the people that care about you most to even relate, you know. Cause they just don't, they don't get it. You know, they don't, they just don't get it. So I think that's, that's, that's tough. All right. We're going to go through a couple of your favorite things. Then we're going to take questions and then stay till the end, everybody. Cause we're going to talk about some future plans or leaks from chop suey chain. So let's go through the favorites at first. All right. Five favorites, favorite place you've been. Uh, Like on the planet. On the planet. Mm, favorite place I've ever been. Can it be? Does it have to be like a city? Can is it just like a restaurant? Is it, it a, like what is it? Literally anywhere. Up to you. Damn, that's so tough. Favorite place to be, or favorite place I visited. Hmm. I'd say, man, I don't know. I don't want to like. All right, we're just gonna we're just gonna Puerto Rico. Love Fa it. The beach in Puerto Rico, paradise. <laughs> Favorite movie. <laughs> I just I was literally on the phone last night. Uh, we were I was talking about this. Um, my top five, or just like top five off the top of my head. I'm gonna just go Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. Favorite color. That changes based on the day, but it's right green. now. Green? No, it's green. Yeah, it's always been green, but like since I was a kid, I like green. Favorite season? It's summer. Summer, man. <laughs> summer forever. <laughs> Favorite music artist? Oh man, I'm just gonna say DMX. All right, so there we go. All right, so now we're going to take some questions from the chat. If you want to ask a question, this is literally your last chance. We're going to be answering all the questions right now. Shout out to everyone watching live. Really appreciate everybody watching live. Uh, all right, so first question right off the bat, we have from Grizz. Shout out to Grizz. Shout out to Grizz. And Grizz wants Mr. to know. Grizzly Adams himself. Grizz wants to know. Favorite mm. Your favorite, let me see, one second. Favorite and or your favorite editing program, and what is the worst editing program? 
Hmm. I mean, my favorite is uh, Adobe Premiere. I mean, just because I've that's literally what I've been using for over a decade now. Uh, worst. Um. Like, what is the worst one to use, or just like the crappiest? Uh, whatever um, the worst one you think is to, that you. I mean, used. man, I started in Movie Maker, so I don't want to crap. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, Movie Maker is like birthed my whole career, you know, Windows Movie Maker, but. I want to say the worst one to use as like uh as a user that I didn't like was Avid. Mm. And that was um it's like you know there's like a industry standards which is like Final Cut, Avid and now Premiere because Premiere was like a later edition but I I I took this like course once and they tried to teach me this Avid program that was for like broadcast or something. I was like, "Yo, get this out of here. This is trash." <laughs> All right, next question we have up from, uh, let me see. All right, next question we have up from Amanda. Shout out to Amanda. What software do you use to create music? Um, I produce in Fruity Loops uh, to this day. To this day. Um. <laughs> And that's just oh, that's just for a sense of familiarity, and it does everything you can do and everything else. And once you kind of like get in a groove with something, it doesn't matter uh, what software you use. Um, but that's for production is Fruity Loops. Sometimes I'll do some demos in there, but vocals and mixing and stuff, I just go with Pro Tools. All right, we have another question, or this is pretty much a statement. Shout out to Stell. Stell says intensity integrity intelligence kurt angle yo stell is a yo that is a special guy <laughs> that's a special guy right there man shout out to stell uh but yeah i feel like that kind of goes with with your vibe though intensity mm. integrity intelligence i think he i think he said that because that's a that's a phrase that he's familiar with because he's a kurt angle fan and he just applied it here so i, I feel that stells all right, next question we have up from Craig. Shout out to Smooth Craig. Shout out to Smooth Craig. Do you like the dig digital age now or the new old school vinyl records coming back? Mm, I, I love it all, man. I'm not one of those. Uh, I'm a nostalgic person because I actually grew up in that. Um, but I don't. I, I love it all. I love it all because I will make hi-fi high definition per, like this this and that and the other and i also have a bunch of vinyl so i mean i and i love that i can buy my favorite albums current albums that come out and have a vinyl version of it and not just have to be on my phone all the time you know sometimes you just want to drop a, a a record on the record player and just feel like you're away from this technology and stuff like right now i took two weeks off this is my second week off of like work and things of that nature. I haven't done any work. Um, and this is, I, this is the longest I've been on a computer in almost over a week because I just had to take a break from this, this technology stuff, you know? Like just sometimes uh, in general, just like you just gotta, just gotta get away from it, you know? So we have an, another question. Shout out to Mike. This question's from Mike. Mike says, ask, what's your favorite physical art medium? My favorite physical art medium. Mm, 
I think just like sketching, you know, it's like, you mean like drawing and stuff, drawing, painting, uh, sculpting, you know, that, and you're saying it, he's, that's what he means. Yeah. Right? Um, I'd say drawing. Definitely. I, I've, I've, I used to sketch in my notebooks in class, man. I just like, it just, it's just something that it's just like, it's super soothing and uh, it, it really just helps me sometimes just get an idea that on paper that I wouldn't have gotten in, in the digital space. You know, um, I want to start painting. I bought, I have an easel and I got a bunch of canvases and stuff like this. Um, by the way, good. That's my brand. That's, that's later. But um, yeah, I, I, I want to get into painting though, um, but drawing. Yeah. All right. So shout out to everyone who asked some questions. Uh, so why don't you tell us, What's next for Chop Suey Chin? What are some future plans? What are you working on right now? Any leaks that you could tell anybody that nobody knows just yet? Um, well, cur cur currently, some of the biggest things I've done is uh, I did a I designed a cover art for um, Music Soul Child and Hit Boys album that just came out on March 10th. Um, it was like number one album in the country or the R and B album for like a week or two fire that's a that's a monumental um thing for me um I, and then hit boy dropped his album a week ago so i i designed a bunch of stuff for the pop-up release party um for the venue and stuff like that so that was pretty and that that's me now i'm in la so um i'm really just trying to like make my mark here the way that i felt like i i kind of did in new york as well um, those are just two most re my most recent projects I'm really proud about. Aside from, um, I just directed, edited, shot this uh, a skit with uh, Young Miami from City Girls for Complex um, that just came out yesterday, I believe. Um, those are just my three most recent like top tier um, projects that I'm super proud about, and. Um, then I mean I also I directed a photo shoot for for a, a clothing company in Queens called Vision Attire and my man Raul he, he shot the photos in New York I directed it from here put the whole thing together so just being able to really direct from here and trust the people that I have in New York to like get the results that I want though that's another um, thing I'm really excited about um, then I have uh, Summer of Lambrusco EP it's it's good man I've listened to it myself. And I'm not, I don't, I don't even usually listen too much of my own music after I'm done and I put it out because I've listened to it a hundred times in the mixing process and stuff. But this one, this EP was, um, I think it was, it was just like the knowing that I was moving, I wanted to like really just like kind of capture my last summer and really just like tell my story and really be descriptive and really just kind of bring you into my world. So I'm I'm so proud of that project because you know I, I I produced it myself I wrote it I I spent the late nights I you know um I just put in so much effort for it um and I still need to push more on it I'm I'm a little I think I little I slacked a little bit uh, on the uh, on the promoting side of that because that's the thing we we forget sometimes it's like we we take all this time to make this thing and we put it out in the world it's here it's here it is world and they're like. Okay. <laughs> so um I gotta I gotta get better at just uh constantly just pushing the stuff I'm proud about. Um 
other than that, for me myself, um, I mean, and a lot of the stuff I've I've done for the artist and and the people that I'm working with like very closely. Like, um, I got my crew Bush with Grand, and they they have have kept this collective going in 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 Brooklyn, and I just helped them with all their creative and uh, things of that nature. So I'm really proud of all the stuff that we've done for them. I love when I make something that I've spent my time on that I'm excited about and we drop one of those like recap videos for a party and you see the comments like yo this is great like who edited this like you know like things like that I'll read the comments I'll be like yo that's fly um and then um you know uh myself I just uh and uh my artist uh Timeless Biz who I've been working with for a couple of years now. I do all his creative direction, his videos. Um, so just being able to keep his his that consistent and really help that like give that an identity. Like his his branding is very prominent and very you know brand heavy. And uh, there's a there's a level of identity that matches his. So being able to match that personality with the with the you know so it's like I don't treat the complex stuff like I do the Bush for Grand stuff. I don't treat the Cheen stuff like I do the Biz stuff. I don't treat the you know uh, whatever the case is. I'll do something for you. You know what I mean? Like uh, I love that um, that 420 thing we did a while ago, or with the papers, like the animation, like stuff like that. Is um, I'm super proud of the ones that we just when when we when most of it is really built around the fun. Um, I love those projects and that's why I love I still to this day I'm I'm never going to be able to stop making music because that's my place of like I have ultimate freedom control there and and I just really get to express myself in however I see fit you know um and then what's coming up um so yeah Summer of Lambrusco is out I, I I hope you stream it share it tag me don't tag me I don't care as long as you stream it if you like it go to brunch do do the things that I t- I'm talking about like step into my world you know um next I have an e uh I think it's gonna be two albums um I have a whole like a 12 track 12 track project titled Pulcini um that I produced maybe 95 percent of it. It's all all the vocals are tracked. Some of it's mixed, some of it's not. I had to put pause on that because I knew I couldn't finish that before the summer uh, of Lambrusco, so I paused on that, and then I, I'm revisiting that. So that's almost done. Try to drop that maybe my birthday, June 27th. I always like to drop something around my birthday, and then um, and then after that, I've been you know I I when I I set foot in LA and I have not let off the gas. I have. I that I think that's another reason why I took these last two weeks off because I was bur- I was burning out a little bit, you know. Um and I have a, a project called The Good Side. So this is the Pulcini, the album is gonna be some of the some of like the more like vulnerable side, some of just like the real like just getting to know me a little bit more on a personal side and really just telling some of my stories and my, you know, and my perspective on life and things like that. Love, friendship, you know, money, success, downfalls, depression, you know, all it's, it's kind of like everything. It's that, it's that album where I'm like really kind of just telling my whole story kind of thing. And then the good side is I'm coming, I'm telling you right now, 
some these these this the good side is gonna be the one that people are afraid of because that's the one that I, I'm I'm really about to to like I'm about to I'm about to turn it up I'm about to turn it up John mm. I'm telling you, like some of this stuff like we about to I'm I'm a, I'm trying to manifest everything that I see in the next ten years for in this project mm. so this project is about to tell you what it looks like after right like where my vision is what it's really going to be Polcini is like let me let me get all my emotions out and and like kind of release some of that anything i've been holding on to i'm singing on it like i'm literally singing on the Polcini ep to the point where i had to add auto tune to it not like the t-pain auto tune but like corrective auto tune because there was no other way for me to express that feeling without fully just like singing. And I'm not, I'm not a singer. I'm like, I could just hold like a very comfortable note if that makes sense. But, but I'm telling you the good side, good side going to be the one it's going to take us out the projects. <laughs> All right. So that we got a lot to look forward to. And if you don't know anything by Chin, uh, make sure you go check it out. And where can where can people find you or find those projects? How do the, how do people find it? Where should people look you up? Um. Oh yeah, that's another out? that's another that's another thing. I just uh, officially changed my my artist name to Cheen Dot. <laughs> <laughs> so I put a dot at the end because um, there's some other artists like in the in the world that have the exact same name, and I I just wanted to find it a little easier to know exactly which one's me and not that and that because it's tough with all these like distribution platforms. Um, everyone can distribute their stuff, and and there's no like real like trademark law. Like there's a lot of like uh, things get like fishy over there. So you got to really differentiate yourself in some way. And I didn't I thought about changing my actual name to something else um and i just felt like it would have just been like i don't know it made me feel icky right and i was just like what if i just like help the search find me faster i'm like what can i do so i'm just like i just added the dot um so, so it's ching dot so you can search almost anywhere with just ching dot on any of the platforms of uh, apple music spotify amazon youtube you can follow me um on YouTube, it's at Chop Suey Film. So it's youtube.com slash a Chop Suey Film. Um, and that's where you can find all my my YouTube content. Um, but the music is on all the streaming platforms. Um, I got right now, I got the Fragments EP. I got a couple singles. And I got the, the Summer of Lambrusco EP out. And then on Instagram, it's good, G-O-O-D dot Cheen, um, C-H-E-E-N on social media or on Instagram. I'm not really on Facebook and stuff like that. Twitter's Chop Suey Cheen. And um yeah, you could connect to my Chop Suey Studios Instagram too. It's in my um my good.cheen bio. So and uh if you go on the good.cheen bio um in the link in there has like links to almost everything else as well. So I like to use Instagram as like the hub. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are watching right now his links are in the bio of the description of what you're what you're watching right now. So first, I just want to say thank you to everyone who watched live, and thank you to everyone who asked questions. Really appreciate all the support. If you are not subscribed to the channel yet, please hit that subscribe button. 
I want to give a huge shout out to my friend Chop Sui Chin. Uh, we've known each other for like 20 years now, and I've never interviewed a, my friends before, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, I know. I'm so yo. I'm so proud of you, man. I like uh, you. You uh, you know. I think you know. What's funny? It's it's kind of like you did this a similar thing once you once you invested in this space. You know. Um, you really kind of put your chips in, you, you know, you bet on yourself and you're, and you really put it in and you've grown and just, even just these, what, c- couple of years that you've had it right. You know, um, and you're expanding, you got your live stream, you got this, you're putting on for other people. Um, I, I just want to say I'm proud of you as well, man. Like I see the growth, I pay attention, I support everything that you're doing, man. And you know, I'm on phone call away for whatever. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone who supports seriously we couldn't do this without you guys this is the hype it up show it's a live podcast that we do on tuesdays not every tuesday bi-weekly uh you could watch it live on youtube and ask your own questions or you could catch the replays on spotify apple podcasts and all the streaming platforms so thank you to so much to everyone who supports the hype it up show and one more shout out to Cheen and thank you so much it was an awesome time i appreciate you Yo, shout out to y'all for watching. Appreciate you. Follow. Listen to Summer at Lambrusco EP. I promise you're not going to disappoint. You heard? What a funk, baby. Go listen to that right now, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your time. Peace out, everybody. Peace.